Blog Talk Radio. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, each and every one who are joining in with us this evening. We thank God, we bless God, and we praise God for each and every one of you. Now, I know y'all might be a little confused because usually at this time, on this evening, at this hour, you tune in and you hear the voice of our very own host, Minister Adrian M.S. Understanding Allen or Misunderstood Allen, amen, um, in her ministry, D-Block Church. But we are blessed that I am able to stand in for her this evening, amen. We are going to hold her up in prayer as we have been experiencing some technical difficulties on our side, but we are believing God that the word of God shall go forth, amen. So, I am Pastor Talene Daly. Some of you call me Toy Daly. Some of you call me Champion. Some of you just call me your sister in the Lord. However, whatever you call me, hallelujah, God, it is time for us to go into God's word as I will be your host for this next hour. If you would like to join in with us this evening, you can feel free to call in at uh, 319 527 Six zero nine one. Again, that number is three one nine five two seven six zero nine one. And simply push one on your phone, and you will be able to um, join in with our conversation this evening. Amen. So. For those of you who can, please grab your Bibles, grab something to write with and something to write on. Call a friend, call a neighbor, call a loved one, and let them know that we are diving into God's Word this evening on www.blogtalkradio.com backslash Purpose Kingdom. If you could meet me in the book of John, amen, the book of John and I'm going to apologize for any of the background noise. See, that's how busy the devil is, car alarms and stuff going on and all going off outside. But we're going to keep pressing forward. So, again, if you can meet me in the book of John, and we are going to be in the fourth chapter, amen, we are going to meet in the book of John, chapter 4. And we are going to begin reading um, at... Uh, we're going to begin reading at the first verse. We might as well go there, and then we're going to uh, go down until the Lord tells us otherwise. Otherwise, And I will be reading to you from the King James Version, and it reads, When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again into Galilee. And he must needs go through Samaria. Amen. And he must needs go through Samaria. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, 
near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said unto her, Give me to drink, for his disciples were going away unto the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. The 11th verse, the woman said unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Jesus said unto her, Go, call thy husband and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband. For thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. And that saidest thou truly. The woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain. And ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship, ye know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh. And now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. Amen, amen, amen. And that was John chapter 4, verses 1 through uh, 23. Amen. And we know that the word of the Lord is already blessed. Father God, we come to you this evening first and foremost, blessing and praising your holy name. We come glorifying and magnifying you, Father God, for you and you alone are God. It is still you who sits on the throne on high. It is still you who Heaven is your throne and earth is your footstool. You are footstool. You are still our Alpha and our Omega, our beginning 
end our ending, Father God. So we come saying thank you, Father. We thank you for all that you have done, all that you are doing, and all that we are believing you to do this evening. Hallelujah, God. We ask, Father God, that you would meet the needs of your people, whatever they may be this evening, in the mighty name of Jesus, God. Somebody might be looking for deliverance. Someone may be looking for a breakthrough. Someone may be looking for healing. Someone may be looking for financial relief. Someone may be looking for peace of mind this evening. We ask that you release it unto them in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah, God. We ask someone is looking for salvation this evening, Father God. We ask that you will hold the enemy of bay long enough that some lost soul can come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and some backslidden soul can come back into right relationships. And then, Father, as I always ask, I ask that you will please allow the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart to be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. It is in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Hallelujah, God. Now, we are going to talk this evening about Jesus and the Samaritan Woman. Now, anyone who knows me knows that this is one of my favorite parcels of scripture. I love this particular scripture because it shows how God's plan is not our plan. It shows how Jesus does not always maneuver the way that we think that he should. Amen. It shows that Jesus and that God has no uh, uh particular person that they will bless their visitation upon. Because when you look at it, one of the things that brought to my attention was the fact that this Samaritan woman uh, was surprised that Jesus, who was Jewish, would even speak to her because the Jews and the Samaritans were not allowed to co-mingle, to, to, to uh, not just to co-mingle. They, they weren't allowed to marry. They weren't allowed to, to uh, be in the same area. You know, Jews would go well out of their way to go around Samaria so that they wouldn't have to go through Samaria. But I'm getting ahead of myself, so we are going to slow down. Thank you, Lord, and we're going to jump back up to verse 1, and we're just going to go through until the Lord releases us to go for the evening. Amen. And it said, when therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not, but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again into Galilee. Now, basically, this is just talking about some things that are going to happen in our everyday life. When people realize what God is doing in you, with you, and through you, they're going to start to talk trash. Hallelujah. But the blessing is, and what I want us to remember in our spirits this evening, is that when they talk all manner of ill will against you, when they despitefully use you, when they sit back in awe and amazement trying to figure out how come you haven't fallen when every situation that they look at and see you in dictates that you should not only have fallen but should have given up by now, hallelujah, 
God, they're they not mad at you. They're mad at the God in you. Hallelujah. I believe it was Mary Mary that wrote the song, It's the God in Me. <laughs> Somebody needs to tell themselves, it's the God in me. They're talking about me because it's the God in me. They were talking about Jesus, that church of that day, which would be the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They were upset because they felt like their power was being stripped from them. They felt like their position was being taken away from them. We see that sometimes in churches today where members who have been in churches for years and years and then someone new comes in and they begin to badmouth them or downplay them or dog them out under their breath because they're jealous of what God is doing with them. So that's the situation that we find Jesus in the disciples in. So he left Judea and departed again into Galilee. But the fourth verse says, and he must needs go through Samaria. The fourth verse said, and he must needs go through Samaria. I want to switch over to the King, um, now I'm not to the King James, to the message version for a second, because the message version says to get there, he had to pass through Samaria. To get to where he was going to, he had to pass through Samaria. But again, remember that the, the Jewish people were not supposed to go through Samaria. So now here comes the God-man, the Christ, the Messiah, and the scripture says in John 4 and 4 that he must need go there. In other words, that he had to go to Samaria. There was an assignment waiting for him at that location that nobody ever figured he would even want to minister to. There was an assignment waiting for him at this location that everybody figured he wouldn't be caught dead at. There was an assignment waiting for him in this location that everyone had turned their noses up at. Mm, somebody going to catch that. Somebody out here listening this evening finds their themselves in a place or a situation or a location, and everybody around you is saying, oh, you shouldn't be there, you shouldn't go there, you shouldn't do that. But deep within your spirit, you feel an urge, a pull to go there. That's because God has an assignment there waiting for you. Hallelujah, God. Somebody going to get mad that there are times when God may have the assignment sitting at a bar stool. Guess what? There's a place that you must go. There are times where God may have the assignment on a corner where the boys are selling drugs. Then guess what? There's a place that you must need go. For there is a soul there that God has assigned to your voice. Amen. Now, it says that when he came to the city of Samaria, which is called Sakkar, near to the portal of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph, and we're not going to even go into all of that because that's a whole nother Bible study in itself, but I encourage you to read the book of Genesis, and you will see and, and learn about Jacob and his 12, whose name was changed to Israel and his 12 children and how he broke down the land unto them. Well, this place, Samaria, 
was where um, Jacob had gave that land to his son, Joseph. Now, the deal with the Samaritans, are they were a people that God had told the children of Israel not to deal with, not because of anything they had done presently, but because of something they had done years and years and years ago when the children of Israel was coming out of the land of Egypt and they were wandering through the wilderness waiting to come into the promised land, God said to them, don't deal with Samaria because when you needed Samaria, Samaria turned their back on you. And I'm paraphrasing that. Samaria was rude to you when I said for you to go get help. Samaria basically closed the door in your face. So we going to shake the dust off and we're not going to have nothing to do with Samaria. But later on, as uh, Joshua led the children into the promised land and the land was divided up, the one thing that God told them not to do, some of the children of Israel had begun to do, and they begun to inbreed with some of the people of that nation that God had told them to wipe out. They didn't listen, and thus brought about what the Jewish nation or the Israelite nation considered an impure race, the Samaritans. Amen? So now that brings us up to Jesus sitting at this well, being wearied with his journey, and he sat on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. Amen? Now, if anybody remembers, there's something important about that sixth hour. If you jump to the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, his word of God tells us that he hung on the cross from the sixth to the ninth hour. Mm, hallelujah, God. It said he was on the sixth hour, Jesus was hanging on the cross, giving up his life for the sins of the world. And now here we are before any of that takes place in the sixth hour, and Jesus is in a place that no man of any reputation would ever even want to be caught dead in to go bring about a word to a people, to a person and then to a people. The, the seventh verse says, there cameth a woman of Samaria to draw water. Now, when you talk about the sixth hour, you are talking about in the afternoon. Amen? You are talking about in the afternoon, roughly about, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, 12 p.m., when the sun is at its highest. Amen? Now, if you know about uh, that time frame of life, the women of the village would usually get up early in the morning and they would walk as a group to the well to draw their water for the day. But now you have this Samaritan woman of ill reputation, or I'm just going to put it out there, she was considered a whore. She was considered what we would call a hoe. She she was not somebody that you wanted to be seen dealing with in the light of day. Amen. So she was going at 12 p.m. to get her water so that she didn't have to be ridiculed and put down by the woman of the village in the morning. So here she is when the S-U-N is at its highest location in the sky, when the temperature is the hottest and she is leaving out 
of the city. Men who would normally be with her at night are ducking their heads so that she don't see them and so that they don't have to recognize her. Women are turning their back. Children are being snatched away. Hallelujah. But she is on her way to this well to get some water. And when she gets there, she thinks she's going to get some H2O, not realizing that she is getting ready to get the water of life. Amen. So when she gets there, Jesus said unto her, give me a drink. Now, I I love this portion right here because if you know anything about Jesus, he always met the people where they were at. He he always met them uh, in what they were doing, amen? When he would talk to the Romans about salvation, he would talk to them using uh, uh, imagery of war because that's what the Roman people knew. They knew war. When he would talk to a lot of the Galileans and the Judeans, he would talk to them about fishing because that's what they knew. They knew fishing. When he would talk to some of the other people who lived further uh, inland, he would talk to them about farming because that's what they knew. They knew and understood farming. Well, this woman knew the pickup. <laughs> Amen. He and, and, and when I see her going to this well and Jesus says, hey, give me a drink. It reminds me of like like modern times today. If you're in the store and somebody sees you and they offer to buy what you're, what you're purchasing or you at a club or something and they offer to get you a drink or you might, or they might even turn and ask you to buy them their drink. It's a pickup. It's a come up. Now people tend to get offended when I say that. However, you have to remember how Jesus talked to the people. He talked to them where he was at. He basically said, hey, babe, why are you drawing that water? Give me something to drink. And it took her off guard because she could not believe that this Jewish man would even dare speak to her. Mm. Now, understand, she said, how is it that thou being a Jew askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria, for the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Now, we're going to stop there for a second because in all honesty, if we think back to when we first got saved, and I'm not talking about the first time you walked up and got baptized because you was a child and your people told you that's what you had to do, or even when you were older and you might have decided to get baptized because, you know, the Spirit hit you that day and you moved by faith. But if you be real honest, you might have backslidden back some. When Jesus first comes and talks to us for real, we sort of sit back like that Samaritan women. Some of us are out there listening this evening or sitting back there like that right now. Jesus ain't going to talk to me. I'm a murderer. Jesus ain't going to talk to me. I'm an addict. Jesus isn't going to talk to me. I'm a rapist. Jesus isn't going to talk to me. I'm a whoremonger. Jesus isn't going to talk to me. I'm a gambler. Jesus isn't going to talk to me because I'm a liar. Jesus isn't going to talk to me because I'm a fornicator. Jesus isn't going to talk to me because I'm a thief. We got all these reasons why we just know that we know that we know that we are not good enough for Jesus to come and talk to us. Hallelujah, God. 
But that's why we bless God for those two twins, grace and mercy. Hallelujah. Because the thought process is slightly correct. Even at our best, we are but a filthy rag in the sight of God. However, Jesus told you in the word, he said, I didn't come for those who had everything together. I came for those who was messed up. He said, I didn't come for the saved. I came for the unsaved. I didn't come for those who were well. I came for the sick. I didn't come for those who were living. I came for those who are dying. Hallelujah, God. Jesus came for us right where we were. Some of us had the bear bottle in our hand. Some of us had the drugs up to our mouth. Some of us had the needle about to shoot it in our veins. Some of us was laying with somebody we knew we had no business laying with. But in that moment, Jesus came and spoke to you. And if you really held a conversation with him, like this Samaritan woman did at the well, just like her life changed, your life would have changed also. Amen. Hallelujah, God, because Jesus was there to minister, hallelujah, not just to her, but with her, and not just for her, but for all of those around her. So she said, you know, what, what is thou to talking to me about? Why are you dealing with me? We, we don't even vibe like that. Y'all don't talk to us, and we don't talk to y'all. And Jesus looked at her and said, if you knew the gift of God, and who it is that said to you, give me that drink, thou wouldst have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. Hallelujah. She said, he said, if you would have only known who I was. If you remember, there, there's a story when Jesus was going into Jerusalem, he raised Lazarus from the dead. And it's one of the shortest scriptures in the Bible. It simply says, and Jesus wept. And, and there are so many different discussions about what it was that caused Jesus to weep. But the truth of the matter is that Jesus wept because the children of God, the chosen people, the Israelites, who he had came initially to bring salvation to, had rejected him. They did not know who was in their presence. Sometimes we find ourselves in that situation. We do not know that it is God whose presence we are in. At times we are entertaining angels and do not even realize that we are in the presence of holiness, that we are in the presence of God, and we sit back and we miss that opportunity if we are not careful. Hallelujah. But that's what I love about God. Even when we're not careful, he's always careful. When we mess up, he comes up with a plan to fix us back up. When we fall down, he comes up with a plan to pick us up. When we get dirty, he came up with a plan to clean us up. And that plan is Jesus the Christ, the God-man. Hallelujah, God. And when the woman heard Jesus' words, when she heard him say, if you only knew who I was, you'd have asked me for what I asked you for. She said, the Lord, tell me how I can get this water that you have to give. That's what some of us need to do. We need to get to a place when we stop thinking about everything we've done messed up and just turn around and say, God, 
Give me that which you have to give in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, God. We need to be able to say, Lord, I want your living water. Hallelujah, God. We need to be able to say, Lord, I want the blood applied to my life. We need to be able to say, Lord, I need a change in my life. We need to be able to say, Lord, I want to be created new. Hallelujah, God. And if we would just get to that place where we would listen, hear, and receive that which God has for us, and at the key word, receive that which he has for us, oh, how blessed our lives would be. Hallelujah, God. So she said, you know, she asked him, she said, how can I get this water? How can I get it? She asked him, are you greater than Jacob? That's some of us today. Are you greater than Are you greater than Muhammad? Are you greater than Allah? Are you greater than Buddha? And the answer is a resounding, yes, he is. Hallelujah, God. He is greater than them all. Hallelujah, God. He is greater than them all because God designed him to be greater than them all. When there was a conversation that took place in eternity where the the uh, fullness of time had taken place and where it had been deemed that the fullness of time had been ready for God to come and visit upon man. And if I'm not mistaken, the word of God says that God had a conversation with the word and the word had a conversation back with him. And for you who don't know who or what the word is, the word is Jesus. If you don't believe me, look at John chapter 1, verse 1. It says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was with God. And all things that were created was created through that word. But if you drop down to the 14th verse of that same chapter, John chapter 1, the 14th verse says, And the word became flesh and tabernacled with us. There was a conversation that God had with his word. And his word said, Father, give me that body. Hallelujah that you have prepared for me before the foundation of this world that I may go be about my assignment. And what was his assignment? To step into flesh, to step into mankind, to step into the timeline that he normally walked beside. Hallelujah, God. And to be able to redeem sinful man back from death, hell, in the grave. Hallelujah, God. So when she said, are you greater than them? Jesus answered and said, not only are greater, he said, whoever drank this water that Jacob dug up, they're going to get thirsty again. And proof was in the pudding because every morning the women of the village would come and get more water. Every afternoon the Samaritan woman would come up to get more water. So y'all drank this water that y'all think is so great because your father Jacob dug this well. Yeah, okay, that's fine. But guess what? The person who created Jacob, hallelujah, is now here amongst you. And if you knew that, 
when you drank this water, you will thirst again. But if you drank the water, the person that created Jacob, the water that comes from the person who created the water they was going to go get, if you drank from this well, hallelujah, you will never thirst again. You will never be hungry again. And this water will not only fill you, but it will spring forth out of you. Hallelujah, God. When he talks about that water springing forth out of you, he's talking about the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, being able to come forth out of you. See, it's good when we get into salvation. It's a good thing that angels rejoice in heaven when a soul is saved. But you need to understand salvation alone ain't going to get you in. The Word of God says, unless you be born again of the Spirit, you have got to have the Spirit of God dwelling in you. The Holy Spirit is what fills you until the day of Christ's return. Hallelujah, God. That's what that, that, that water of life that is bubbling up out of you. Hallelujah. So the woman sitting and said, give me this water. I don't never want to have to come here again. You know how these people treat me? They treat me like crap in the daylight, but all run to hang with me in the, at nighttime. That's how some of us are some days. You know, we feel like, Lord, just give it to me because I don't want to deal with this no more. I don't want to go through this no more. I'm tired of what I've been going through. So Jesus said, now remember, I said, Jesus talks to you right where you are. When she said this, the Lord said to her, then go get your husband. Go get your husband. I'm not just going to talk to you because the word of God said he would not just save me, but he would save my household. So he said, go get your husband. And y'all come back hither, and then we can talk. And the woman said, well, Lord, I, I really don't have a husband. That's how we get. We'll be slightly truthful because she was saying I don't have a husband, hoping that that was sort of, you know, just talk to me about me getting saved because I don't have a husband. And the Lord let her know, you know what, you're right. You don't have a husband. Matter of fact, the truth of the matter is you done had five husbands. And the person you with now, which would have been husband six, he ain't really yours. Mm. Mm. That's why sometimes we don't like to talk to God because God don't play around with us. He tells us our truth. He shows us that he knows us. Mm, hallelujah, God. That was a place to shout right there. He shows us that he knows us. And even with him knowing us, he still loves us. Even with him knowing us, he still desires to dwell in us. Even with him knowing us, he still desires to commune with us. He still desires to be in relationship. Hallelujah, God. He still desires to be in relationship with us. So basically she says, so I know you're a prophet because you know my business, and I don't know you. She said, but y'all say we're supposed to worship in Jerusalem. We believe we should worship up here on the mountain. What do you say? And he said, daughter, the hour cometh where it's not going to matter if you worship in the mountain or in Jerusalem. 
because God don't really care about you worshiping in the mountains, and he really don't care about you worshiping in Jerusalem. What God is looking for is a person who will worship him in spirit as well as in truth. Hallelujah. Mm, thank you, God. He said in spirit as well as in truth. That means he, he don't want no falseness with it. He don't want you faking it. You know how some of us do. We holy roly on Sunday, but hell raises Monday through Saturday. Uh-uh. He, he don't want that. He wants somebody that walk and talk it Sunday through Saturday and is willing to start all over again that following Sunday. Hallelujah, God. He said he's looking for a true worshiper that will worship in spirit and in truth. That means that no matter what your situation might be, you are willing to give God praise. No matter what your situation may look like, you are willing to give God worship. No matter who you may be, who you may be around, you are willing to look up, lift up your head, your eyes to the hill from which cometh your help, knowing that your help cometh from the Lord. Hallelujah, God. He said that the true worshiper, God is looking for a true worshiper who will worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman said unto him, Lord, we know the Messiah is coming, which is called the Christ, and we know that when he come, he will tell us all things. Jesus said unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. Now, it's funny. I had to keep going down there for a second because so many times you hear people who will try to tell you why Jesus is not the Messiah or was not the Messiah. They will try to tell you why Jesus is not the God-man. And they always say, well, you know, nowhere in the Bible did Jesus ever proclaim that he was the Messiah. Nowhere in the Bible did he ever claim that he was the God-man. Well, we're hearing it right here in the book of John. He said right there in the book of John, he said, that person you're looking for, I'm he. I am he. You don't have to wait any longer. You don't have to look any further, but I am he. You don't have to keep searching, but I am he. You don't have to keep going round about the mulberry bush because I am he. he mm, hallelujah, God. He said, I am the great I am. He said, I am the one that woke you up this morning. He said, I am the one that makes your path straight. He said, I am the lifter up of your head. He said, I am the heart mender and heart regulator. Hallelujah, God. He said, I am the one that causes the blood to continuously run, run warm through your veins, hallelujah. He said, I am your healer. I am your provider. I am that I am. Hallelujah, God. He said, I am he. You don't have to keep looking for him because here I go. You don't have to keep searching for me because here I am. Now, if you remember, and then we're going to go right into the call of salvation. At the very start of this, 
at the very start of it, I said that the Samaritan woman was going to the well at the 12th hour because no one wanted to be seen with her in the daylight. No one wanted to be able to be said that they listened to, conversated with, hung out with this woman of ill repute. But hallelujah, God. Hallelujah, God. The same woman that nobody wanted to talk to, nobody wanted to see, nobody wanted to be around, was the same woman that when she left from Jesus, ran back into the town and started to announce to everybody, I need y'all to come see a man who told me all about my life. Mm, Thank you, God. That's how it is when Christ comes into your life. There's going to be a change. You're either going to change by accepting him or you're going to change by rejecting him. But there is going to be a change in your life. There is going to be a difference made in your life. And at that moment, the change took place because all the people that she was talking to that that was the same people that was always ducking her, that was always hiding from her, that was always running from her, yet these same people, when she said, come and see a man, they came right out to see this man. Amen. Now, right now, I'm going to ask for um, Brother Rob to come onto the line, and he is going to give us the call of salvation along with our announcements for the day, and then we are going to be right back with you. Brother Rob? Brother Rob, are you there? Okay, amen. Brother Rob isn't there right this second, so I want to go ahead and give the call of salvation. Amen. Um, The call of salvation is something that is really simple, and it goes right along with the Bible study that we did briefly this evening. This is an opportunity for God to come into your life. This is an opportunity for him to make you different. This is an opportunity for him to turn your whole situation around. This is an opportunity for you to drink from the living well that will spring up in you everlasting life. Now, somebody might be saying, how do I do that? Well, you do it by accepting the gift that God has given us. You do it by accepting that which God has um, given us through Jesus Christ. Amen? Um, you, you, You do it by just simply saying this prayer. The Word of God says if you believe in your heart and confess out of your mouth, then the same shall be saved. Amen? So you you just say, first, Father, I come to you believing in and on your word. I come recognizing that just like that Samaritan woman, I may not have the same sins that she has, but I have some sins of my own that I need to be fixed, delivered, healed, cleaned up, and made anew. 
So I come accepting the gift of salvation, which you gave unto us through your son, Jesus Christ. I ask him to come into my life. I ask him to forgive me of my sins. And I ask him to begin to make me new. In Jesus' name, amen. The next thing you do is you just tell somebody, hey, I gave my life to Christ. You don't have to wait until Sunday morning, Sabbath worship, Bible study, prayer service. That's all about a church membership. But about a personal relationship, you can even press 1. If you're listening via the live stream, you can call in 319-527-6091 and say, hey, I gave my life to Christ this evening. No matter who you are, no matter how you do it, no matter how you choose to do it. Once you make that confession out of your mouth, you are saved, and we welcome you into the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. And I need you to know, even if you don't feel anything special in you right this second, I need you to know that the angels of God are in glory rejoicing, and we encourage you to begin to read your Bibles. If you do not have a Bible, please contact us at PurposeKingdomNet at gmail.com. Again, that's PurposeKingdomNet at gmail.com. And let us know that you need a Bible and we will send one right out to you. Amen. So we encourage you to find a Bible, Believing, Teaching, Preaching Sanctuary. We encourage you to begin to read your Bible, and we encourage you to begin to pray that the Holy Spirit will not just fall upon you and visit you, but that he will anoint you, that he will seal you, and that he will continuously keep you. And finding that Bible-believing, teaching, preaching sanctuary will help you in that process. Now, Brother Robert is going to come on, and he is going to give you some announcements on how you can follow us continuously here at Purpose Kingdom Network, and as well as um, follow us for our upcoming shows. Brother Rob? Yes. Uh, real quickly, I'll go ahead and do the announcements. This is a product of Purpose Kingdom Network, and I'd like to thank each and every one of you for joining us for tonight's show. No matter where in the world you listen to us, whether you listen to us online or you listen to us via phone, we uh, greatly appreciate your support and your listenership here at Purpose Kingdom Network, and we thank you so much for uh, also letting your friends and family members know that Purpose Kingdom Network is on the air. Anytime we do a live broadcast, we're broadcasting live on www.blogtalkradio.com backslash Purpose Kingdom. And uh, when we do a live show, you can call in at the phone number of 319-527-6091. And anytime, uh, you know, you can press the number one, we can get you in and you can talk to our host. Uh, also, to let you know that PKN does have its own radio station, and it is called PKN.com. Uh, please check it out and uh, just uh, listen in. And just to listen to... Uh, you know, right there, you can listen to 24 hours of music of inspiration right there at pkn.com. Uh, once again, pkn.com, just check it out and uh, let your friends and family members know that uh, we do have a radio station, which is pkn.com. Uh, check it out. Uh, also, uh, we invite you to like us on our Facebook page. Um, you can just simply uh, type in Purpose Kingdom at Facebook, and you can just request a friend uh I mean, uh, just request um, a friend, and uh, we'll go ahead and invite you to uh, see our upcoming shows and advertisements um, right there uh, at Purpose Kingdom at Facebook. And when you're there, you can see our upcoming shows and advertisements. 
Uh, from time to time, we make announcements there. So uh, please don't forget to like us on Facebook. And uh, with God's will and God's blessing, um, we will uh, have our next show, which is going to be Saturday evening. And uh, actually, that will be me at 8.30 p.m. So once again, with God's will and God's blessing, we hope you join us uh, on Saturday evening at 8.30 for the show Self-Expressions. And that's going to be hosted by me, Brother Robert Pop Pop Hudson. Uh, feel free to invite your friends and family members. And uh, don't forget to check me out on, at 8.30 on Saturday. Okay, and uh, with that being said, that's going to be the end of the announcements. Don't forget to check us out anywhere where social media is, uh, where podcasts are broadcasted. Uh, just simply type in Purpose Kingdom, like us, and that way you we will be saved in your podcast queue, and you won't miss a sh- uh, um, any of our broadcasts at Purpose Kingdom Network. All right, with that being said, I'm going to turn the show back over to Pastor Toy. Pastor Toy, show is back in your hands. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Brother Rob. I just, again, I thank God and I bless God for being able to be here this evening. Again, I know that you came ready to hear a word from Sister Adrian Allen, but due to technical difficulties, she could not be here. And I just counted it a blessing to be able to fill in for her this evening and talk about the word of God and talk about how great God is, to talk about how much God loves each and every one of us. That's the most important thing, to know how much God loves us. Even with all your mess, God still loves you. How do I know? I know you think I was going to say because the Bible told me so, and that is true, because the Bible did tell us so. But how I know for a fact that this thing is real is because I know what he's done, not just in me, but through me and for me. And I know because he is no uh, respecter of person, it's like he doesn't have no great I and little you. He allows the sun to shine on the saved as well as the unsaved. And he allows the rain to fall on the saved as well as the unsaved. So if he can do it for me, guess what? He can do the same thing for you. I bless God. I pray that this word was able to reach some soul this evening. I pray that it made a difference in someone's life. I pray that it brought enlightenment, but most importantly than enlightenment and illumination, I pray that it has brought about a change in your life. Father God, we just come thanking you and praising you and blessing your holy name for the word that has gone forth this evening, Father. I pray, Father God, that I did you justice and your word justice. But more importantly, Father God, I pray that a soul was delivered. Matter of fact, I'm saying that wrong. I thank you in advance for the soul that was delivered. I thank you in advance for the soul by faith that was saved. I thank you in advance for that backslidden soul that has come back into right relationship. Then, Father God, I ask that you will bless each and every one of us this evening, Father, as we depart from this place but never from your presence, that you will keep us, Father God, continue to bless us, continue to move 
through us, in us, and with us. It is in the mighty name of Jesus that I pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Know that I love you all with the love of Christ. Good night, and God bless. Jesus bless. He raised me, I will not lose. He saved me, I will not lose. Set me free, I will not lose. Never wanna see me down, I will not lose.